Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. Today, I would like to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is Benford's Law, because, well, my name's Ben. <laughs> now, I'm happy the problem, to oblige. <laughs> the problem is, I don't know what it is, so I'm, gonna, I'm hoping that you can explain it to me. All right, that's a deal. You are listening to Linear Digressions. Okay, what's up, Kitty? What's Benford's Law? Let me start by asking you a question. All right. Let's say that I had a random number generator on my computer and it was hooked up to a big list of all the companies that are exchanged on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh And it pulled one of these companies randomly, recorded the price of that, of the stock for that company, and then looked at the leading digit of the stock price. That's the the first of, uh, so the, okay, leading digit, yeah. Yeah. So if it's $100, the leading digit is one. If it's $500, leading digit is five, you know. Mm -hmm. And I said that I would give you $10 if you could correctly guess which which number you get as a leading digit for that, Uh for that whatever random stock. What number would you bet on? That's a good question. Maybe nine because it's the highest. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll tell you in a, in a moment. Uh, okay. So, somehow I think this is going to end poorly for me. <laughs> okay. Now let's imagine that I do the same thing, but I loaded up my, uh, instead of stock prices, I loaded up my random number generator with um, Wikipedia articles of all the villages, towns, cities, countries, continents, all the various like sort of sizes of um, civilizations that you could sort of imagine being so this is like recorded. population or square meters in area or let's say both all right either one so, okay so same question I'm gonna pull out a random number of a population or of a length of the longest river or of the size in square meters or the size in square miles or the size in acres. What number would you bet on in that case? Oh boy. Um I'm I'm kind of hearing hidden in your question that not all of the numbers are as likely as the others. Just for the yeah, sake of right. consistency, <laughs> I'll guess nine. Sure, right. If they were all equal, we wouldn't be doing this episode. It wouldn't be okay, that all right. Okay, last one. Uh, fundamental physical constants. These are things like Fermi's constant, the mass of the electron, uh, pi, Euler's number, um, you know, the radius of an atom, the size of the galaxy. I don't know, whatever. What number would you pick for the most common leading digit of these numbers? Hmm. Nine. Eh, sure. <laughs> um, okay, so... I, I really think this is going to end poorly for me. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's not after this episode because then if someone actually comes up and offers you this wager, you will know the correct answer. The Ooh. correct answer is one. Okay, so that's very far from nine. Yeah, well, you know, it's fine, whatever. So yeah. naively, actually, I would say if you don't know anything about Benford's Law, and not a lot of people know that much about Benford's Law, so a very reasonable thing that you might have been thinking is, all numbers are equally likely, you know, pick a number out of a hat. doesn't matter. Yeah. That Maybe that was my lucky. first thought is okay. like, all right, well, why are you having me guess a number? Why would, why would the leading digit of, of a number or area or radius or cosmological constant be more consistently one than some other number? So I just guessed nine. Right. 
And so what Benford's law is, is Benford's law is sort of a, what I might call a descriptive or a phenomenological law. And I'll, I'll come back to what I mean by that exactly. Okay. Um, but it describes the distribution of the leading digits of these types of numbers that we're talking about. And it says that most often, something like 30, 31% of the time, I think, the leading digit is going to be one. 31% of the time? Yes. That's almost a third of the time. Yes. That's what's so crazy about it. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> and so, and is, this for, mm-hmm. is this for all of the examples that you were giving me? Uh, populations. What, what did we say? We said stock prices, populations. And cosmological constants too? And fundamental like mathematical and physical constants. Yes. Yes. It works for all of those cases. That is so counterintuitive to me. I know. It's crazy, right? Okay, so um, how, how does how does that work? What, well, like, so why? and I should just be clear. So it's it's thirty percent for one, and then it's like eighteen okay. percent for two, and it's like thirteen percent for three, or something like that. So you have this kind of like decaying away distribution, and so nine is actually the least likely oh, that you get no. as a leading digit. I'm sorry. I'm definitely not getting that ten bucks. So so you're saying that if I had guessed that it would be either one or two, there'd be a greater than fifty chance of me winning that bet. Uh. I don't think it's quite greater than 50%, but it's like... You it's said getting, 30 plus 20% or so? I thought I think it was like 30 plus 17 or oh, 18 okay. or something. But, but it's getting roughly. close, right? Like it's, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how big of an effect this is. So the first thing I should say is I describe this as kind of like a phenomenological or empirical law. And what I mean by that is that people started to look at these numbers. I assume Benford was the person who did, although I don't actually know who Benford was, um, and figured out that this was going on, right? This is not something that you would necessarily theorize from first principles unless you were thinking about numbers in a very different way Mm -hmm. than the way we think about them. The second thing about Benford's law is, and this I think is very important to understand, is that this is not a result of the fact that we have a base 10 numerical system. If we decided to start um, counting in hex, or we started counting in base five, or hex base being eight, base eight, yeah, or sorry, base sixteen. Yes, there you go. Um, <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, "Is it um, base eight? Is is octa octo something? Octadecimal or something?" Yeah. Um, anyway, if you were to take all these numbers and you convert them into whatever base it is you want, Benford's if Benford's law holds in base ten, Benford's law still holds in base really? hex or base two well two wouldn't be that interesting but yeah um (laughs) you know base five or whatever so okay so let's let's step back a moment and try to unpack a little bit about what what is and what isn't going on here when does this Mm -hmm. apply when does this not apply we can speculate irresponsibly about what's going on you know under the hood i'll tell you what was going on in my head when you were first starting to ask me those questions is that my intuition was that the number, although I guess nine, my intuition was actually that the number would be lower. But that was because you, when you were talking about populations, I figure because populations tend to tend to have a ceiling because we're counting up from zero up, and because we don't count zeros as leading digits, I figured that one was kind of likely. And then you were talking about the stock exchange and those kinds of things. And I, I thought, well, maybe it might still hold. But then you were talking about cosmological constants and other physical properties of the universe and those those kinds of numbers. And to me, that completely broke down my theory that it might be one. 
Yeah, and I think that at least for me when I think about it, it's the physical the physical constants are the ones that are still the the toughest ones to uh to really reconcile myself with. I mean, mm-hmm. this is it it holds for physical constants and and mathematical constants and things like that. Like many people have tested this. And so the thing to wrap your head around it then is like, why? Because all the other stuff that we talked about was, yeah, it was like a little bit human generated in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and physical constants are not human generated. Here's, here's a few things about Benford's law that maybe will help us unravel this a little bit. So the first thing is that Benford's law works best, or I think maybe even only works at all, really, when you're looking at data that is allowed to sort of range over, if possible, many orders of magnitude. Okay. So stock prices can go from anywhere from a few cents to thousands of dollars, which is, of course, uh, I guess, 100 times 1,000. So 100,000, you know, a factor of 100,000 from the low end to the high end. Whereas if I said, hey, Katie, give me a number between one and nine, the leading digit would be the only digit and so if you were a perfect random number generator, then you would probably have just as high of a probability of guessing of, of choosing one as choosing nine. Right. So I was talking with, um, with a friend of mine at, at, a, at a party a couple weeks ago because we're super cool. He listens to this podcast, by the way, so uh, he'll know who he is when I, when I hear this. But, awesome. Um, yes, yeah, so we were Shout talking out. about Benford's Law. And um, there was uh, a case that he uh, had worked on sort of in the past where Benford's law doesn't apply, which is um, one of the uses for Benford's law is to check for fraud. Because if you are using, say, a random number generator to uh, kind of fake certain types of data, for example, if you're coming up with fraudulent vote tallies um, and you're trying to throw an election, then what you'll probably do is generate numbers according to sort of like a flat um, distribution, right? You assume that like the leading digit is going to be equally spread, you know, between one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They're all going to be equally likely. But yeah. Benford's law tells you that you should be seeing more ones than twos and more twos than threes and so on. And so you can actually do things like check maybe election returns and see if they follow Benford's law. Now, there's a problem with this, which is that depending on exactly how you do this, if you're checking things on, for example, a precinct by precinct level, precincts tend to be somewhere around like a thousand, maybe 2000 people a piece. And so that you don't have that sort of large range of numbers that you would expect Mm. to be coming in. They're always going to be kind of falling pretty tightly together. Um, And so then Benford's law doesn't really work. And if you're trying to use Benford's law and you're finding that, let's say your precinct uh, has 800 people in it (laughs) and they all vote and you keep getting, you know, six, seven, eight as your leading digit and you say, oh, this is evidence of fraud. It's like, well, no, that's just, mm, yeah. you know, an that's just having a small sample set up. Yeah. So in cases that you have these, these very, very, very wide ranges. Yeah. What then? That's when Benford's law starts to be something that, that can hold, right? You, you start to put all these numbers into a little analysis that can look in, at the leading digit and you'll start to see something that's, that's more ben- Benford like. And so the question, at least for me is kind of like, why is this happening? What's going on? Yeah. And the the one explanation that sort of clicks for me um, is that 
imagine you have some kind of natural process that is evolving um, and it's evolving in an exponential way, not in a linear way. Mm-hmm. So imagine something like you had uh, a couple of rabbits and you put them into a room and then you periodically check to see how many rabbits are in the room, right? So they're going to start making little rabbits and then the little rabbits are going to grow up and they're going to make even more little rabbits. And this is going to be undergoing sort of this exponential population explosion, right? Where each generation is, let's say, twice as big as the one before it. So imagine you start with two rabbits. So now your leading digit is two. Then you're going to get four. Then you're going to get eight. Then you're going to get 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, and so on. And so you can start to take the leading digits of those sequences of numbers and right away you start to see something that's a little bit more Benford-like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and yeah. Because- I was I was tallying it as you were counting, and that was two leading digits of one, whereas the other, the other numbers either had zero or one. And would it be that if you're growing exponentially and you get any number that uh, starts with a five or a six or a seven or eight or a nine, the next number that you get, if you double it, is going to start with a one. Is it, is it that that those high ranges when you when you double them with exponential growth and you end up with uh, more opportunities to hit one rather than hitting eight or something like that. Yeah, I think that's a fairly that's a fairly concise way of saying it. That yeah, as you take these bigger and bigger steps, you start kind of skipping over more and more numbers, and you tend to skip over the numbers that are sort of higher because um, you have to be sort of just in the right spot to hit them, whereas the ones, like you said, you just have to take the number that you had before and multiply it by two, and you end up with something that starts with one again. Um, okay. Obviously, this is not sort of like a super airtight derivation. There are people who've sort of tried to derive Benford's Law to, I think, varying degrees of impressiveness and success. Because um, it is, it's, it's something that's very uh, counterintuitive, and we'd like to understand what it is. But at least for me, that sort of exponential uh, explanation is, is the one that makes the most sense. Okay, yeah, that resonates a bit with me too, because if everything if everything is linear, or if if the growth is additive or something like that, then you're going to be roughly as likely to hit any of those different leading digits. But with some other type of um, interaction, some nonlinear growth or shrinkage or something, then I could I could imagine a pattern like Benford's law emerging. Yeah, I think that's basically the the take home message for me at least is that. Although we kind of think of numbers as linear, uh, they're fundamentally not in certain ways, right? Like one and two are the relationship between those is very different than between ten thousand one and ten thousand and two, and and that's reflected in things like Benford's law that you start to see that uh, yeah, there's there's different there's different patterns in what you actually see in nature than what would be predicted by just sort of assuming that everything is linear. That's awesome. I'm really, I'm really happy that the law that I don't know I was named after, <laughs> <laughs> if that was indeed the case. I don't think it was, um, but it's really cool to think that the the law that I share a name with is kind of counterintuitive and really fantastic party trivia. Uh, I mean, more than that, even people use this all the time to understand if there's fraud going on in financial data yeah. and yeah it's it's more than trivia but yes it is it is pretty uh pretty nifty um there's just one more thing i want to add before we go which is that uh the suggestion for this as a topic came to us from a listener 
named um, Abskind. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. My apologies if not, or just Ab, maybe you go by. So I want to thank him a lot for the for the wonderful suggestion. This was a great idea for a topic. And of course, if there are any any other listeners with good ideas out there, for sure send them our way. Oh my gosh, we yeah, love right to get to ideas. Us. We um, get so excited when we get any mail from anyone who's listening because you know, with with the um, with the exception of those times, it's just Katie and I gabbing back and forth about <laughs> data science, right? Which is which is amusing, but only so it's amusing. fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fun, but but talking to the outside world is fun too. So uh, yes, always a, a call out for requests. I guess if you have them. Mm-hmm. Specifically, you can write to us at Ben at lineardigressions.com or Katie at lineardigressions.com. K A T I E. Yep. Yes, K A T I E. Ben is B E N. Uh, yes, as in <laughs> Benford. Linear Digressions is a podcast about data science and machine learning, produced and recorded in the studios of Udacity, a company dedicated to education. We've got some awesome courses made by people like Katie and me in data science and other tech fields. We should also remind you that all views expressed during this program were those of the speakers and not of Udacity. This is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next time.